Welcome to Course Stories, produced by the Instructional Design and New Media team of EdPlus at Arizona State University. In this podcast, we tell an array of course design stories alongside other ASU Online designers and faculty. On today's Course Story... Hey there, I'm Aubrey, a multimedia developer under the New Media team at EdPlus, and I actually work with Ricardo. Hi, and I'm Liz. I'm a senior instructional designer and producer for our podcast, and I also work with Aubrey and Ricardo and Mary. Today's a little bit of a special episode. Uh, I was going to start off with, sorry that my voice is absolutely hoarse. I had a long weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Very fun long weekend, though. Congratulations, yes. by the way. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> my voice is completely gone because I got married over the weekend. Woo. So it was a long kind of two days of celebration and lots of family, lots of food, very good cake. But, you know, now now my voice has just absolutely left me, so <laughs> sorry if I'm a little scratchy today. But, you know, we have a really kind of fun, different, special episode today. I feel like a lot of the episodes this season, each one of them has been very different and unique and special, um, all in very different ways. Like we had the AI guy come in and talk about things, which that was fascinating. And then we've even had our very first live episode at OLC. And so I guess to keep with that, we have an even more differenter, (laughs) if that's a word, episode today. First of all, it's kind of a bit of a takeover episode for us, isn't it? That it is. So we've taken over today for Mary and Ricardo as hosts. Very exciting. Um, And we've got a different kind of episode for you in that normally we have an ID and a faculty come in and sit down for an interview, but we actually have a couple extra special voices joining us today. Yeah. So we actually had the opportunity to discuss with Granville Carroll about the course they designed and how they designed it with community building in mind. We also got to hear from a student in his course, Tufan, who joined ASU thanks to the Uber program. And we also got to speak with a former success coach turned ID, Katrina. And finally, also Nicolette, who works at the Success Center currently, Liz. You were a coach before coming to ID&M, right? I was. Yeah, it was a really fun, special experience. Um, do you know much about the coaching center? I don't I don't think we ever really talk about it much. I know. I am actually pretty unfamiliar with it as a transfer student coming to ASU back when I did go to college here. Looking back and like learning about the success coach role now, I definitely wish I would have connected with a success coach just hearing about how much they help, especially with showing them the way with everything in all college and what to do, what not to do. But yeah, they sound amazing. Yeah, it was a really cool experience being a success coach. And actually, I joined the Success Coaching Center right as it was opening. So there was a really kind of fun kind of cowboy era where we didn't exactly know what success coaching was going to turn into. We just had this vision. I say we like I was a part of like making it a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, the folks there had this vision of, you know, just having somebody who was like your person, somebody that you could call. I'd like to say day or night, but they they do close at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for the most part, you can call, you know, anytime during the week. They're, They're really flexible. And it's just your person. It's somebody that like, no matter what kind of challenges you're facing, no matter what sort of issue might be going on, you have someone who can help you through that and kind of help you get through those like really complicated channels that come up in college. You know, you have a question about doing something. Who do you talk to first? And there's always this like weird order of operations whenever you're making a change at college where you can't just do the thing. You also need to talk to this person 
from a student's perspective, it seems very confusing and like confounding. So it was nice to have somebody to like walk you through all the steps and get you to who you need to talk to the first time versus like running around trying to figure that all out. Um, But they're also there for your like happy moments too. And I think like our conversation today really highlights that great relationship that gets built between success coaches and their students. It's really a relationship that you build and something that a lot of the success coaches carry on with their students even after graduation. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about the Success Coach program and even the role that they played with the students that we were able to speak to, Tufan. It sounds like they've had quite an incredible impact on his time here at ASU. So let's get started. Hi, welcome everybody. I'm Aubrey. I'm a multimedia developer. I'm Katrina Vollmer. I'm an instructional design uh, associate at the Instructional Design New Media team at EdPlus. I'm Granville Carroll, Assistant Teaching Professor for the Online BFA Digital Photography Program. Hi, I'm Liz Lee. I'm a Senior Instructional Designer and newly uh, producer for the podcast. Hi, I'm Nicolette Miller. I'm a Senior Director of Online Student Success Initiatives here at ASU at EdPlus. Hi, this is Tufan Kamert. I'm a former student at Arizona State University. I was in the 2023 class. And I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so it's exciting to have you guys join us today. So why don't we just start with Katrina? How did this all come together? How did you guys meet? Yeah, so prior to this role, I was an ASU online success coach. And I had the amazing privilege of being Tufan's assigned success coach and was able to work with him for, you know, a good year. And I will say a little background, you know, any success coach will tell you, you know, it's a very rewarding position to be in. You know, you get to work every single day with students and work with them through some of their really low moments where they're struggling and navigating through any items, personal, academic, and you get to also be their cheerleader when and celebrate their successes. So I was really um, excited to hear that Tufan uh, actually was in three of Granville's courses. And I thought to myself, wow, that must be a pretty incredible instructor. So Granville, tell me about your course, Art 394. Yes. Um, so Art 394, it's a special topics designation. Um, so specifically the course that I designed is Identity and Representation in Photography. So it's a class that deals with, you know, topics of who are you, right? Um, why do you photograph the things you photograph? How do you see the world? And also thinking about representation in terms of like social identity factors um, or markers that affect us in one way or another. And then also thinking about how those things sort of come into play in terms of, um, you know, taking a picture and representing something to the world in this medium. So when I was asked to design the class, Betsy, my boss, I guess you could say. <laughs> she was like, you know, you don't have to do it like the the status quo, right? Like you just talk about like sexuality and gender issues and race and all these other topics, you know, like make it your own. So she really gave me the freedom to, you know, create a class that was really based on the research that I've done in my own personal artistic practice and also things that I'm involved with and also care deeply about. So it was really, really a great, great time. And the first time I've ever designed a class myself, so. I would love to hear more about that, like your experiences, how you brought a lot of that into the design of this course. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so, you know, when I was designing the class, I thought to myself, you know, how do I break this down into six or seven different modules, right? Something that's consistent and has a nice sense of fluidity to it. So I first thought about, you know, what are the things that really influenced me as a student when I was learning photography? And that was learning the difference between like, you know, an abstract image and also something that's a little bit more like truthful, right? And I, for you all listening, I'm you in the air quotes, because truth in photography is a very deep philosophical debate in conversation because... Well, it's very deep, so I won't go into it right now. <laughs> but just think about, you know, representing something like if I take a picture of a water bottle, it's a water bottle, right? But also, like, if I get really, really close up to that water bottle, I can abstract it and turn it into something else. So I wanted to think about how can I help my students activate their own imaginations by introducing them to these ideas. And then bringing some of the topics of race into it, because that is a part of my artistic practice, um, is considering how the world looks at you, you know, based on your outside appearance. And for me, as a Black man, you know, I have my own things to deal with, right? Um, But that is different for everybody and how they represent themselves. Um, So I wanted to sort of equip them with ways of thinking about these things, even if it doesn't necessarily uh, relate to them you know, in that specific manner. And then going from there, think about portraiture, so getting a little bit more traditional, but considering the fact that as photographers, we have a lot of power in how we represent either ourselves as self-portrait artists or as, you know, taking pictures of other people. So equipping them with the knowledge to say, like, you have to be responsible, because if you take a picture of somebody and it goes out into the world and it has this life that is now sort of defaming them or it has this negative, you know, energy around it. Um, that's something you just don't really want to find yourself in unless you're like ready to deal with that, right? And then considering uh, family origin stories and thinking about where you come from and how that comes into play. And then also dealing with landscape. So physicality, you know, how are you located in the space and how does that affect your mind? So all these things that I'm always thinking about. <laughs> like, it feels like I would imagine students have a very powerful experience going through that and would imagine that there's a lot of need to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, can you speak to that? Like the student experience with that? Yeah, so I've taught the class two times now. So it's a fairly new course. And the first time I taught the class, I found that students were super, super vulnerable. Like they were opening themselves up in ways that I was like, whoa, like I'm not, I'm not ready for this. This is sort of like a, like I'm not a psychologist, (laughs) I'm not a therapist, but they felt safe to express themselves within this, um, this space that I've created in the class, Um, you know, specifically in our discussions. And I was just really, really thankful, you know, that students felt the need and also felt you know safe to express themselves in this manner to talk about these things because a lot of these topics are difficult to deal with they're heavy they require a lot of contemplation and self-reflection and oftentimes you know we're not really taught how to do that in our society you know from my perspective so yeah it was really really amazing to see how they just took the content ran with it applied it to their own lives and then were willing to share their stories with the rest of the class and you know even myself as the uh professors so. yeah yeah i think you're right it, it, or it definitely ties into that theme of creating a safe space for the students and creating that community and i feel like these are all ingredients to help do that 
Yeah. I did also notice in your course when I was looking around there that there was something that really excited me. And that was that you had students journal for the duration of the session. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so unique. I, I feel like I don't really see that often in courses. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the journaling aspect, again, can't take full credit <laughs> because that's something that Ashley Sikowski, my colleague, um, developed for one of her classes. And as we were all discussing, like, okay, how do I create this course? She mentioned, like, maybe you should introduce this. So I was like, you know, I think that's a really great way to allow students to sort of soak up all the materials because it's a lot, right? These mm -hmm. online courses are accelerated. They have to process so much information so quickly. Um, so if they can have a place where they can jot down ideas, right? Think about uh, music or movies or TV shows, books, you know, whatever is really inspirational to them that ties in with the course topics um, might be a way that they can synthesize the information, right? Also, as an artist, it's really, really important that you keep a journal, right? I have several journals that I will write an idea in, or if there's a song that's like super inspirational or leads into research that I'm, you know, doing or thinking about, jotting that down, right? Um, if I just have a string of thoughts that might make no sense to anyone else reading it, but it makes sense to me, you know, I want to write that down. And all of this source material is really, really important for creating projects, right? And keeping that creative momentum flowing. So introducing students to that process in the class, um, again, one way to synthesize all the information they're learning about, but then also to help them sort of actually create an artistic practice that's, um, that's sustainable. Right. And I'm just kind of briefly thinking about my own experiences of journaling, which I haven't done in a really long time. <laughs> but the journals I used to keep, sometimes when I go back and read them, I think, wow, like that was who I was at that time and how interesting of where I am now. And yeah. it, it really is such a neat process and wonderful that you're putting that in your course. I don't know. I Like I said, it's not something that I have seen very often. I just think it's such a wonderful opportunity that you're providing them, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, it could be something optional, but to sort of push them or to make this part of their practice, they're, it's like they're gaining from it. Maybe they don't realize it at the time until right. later. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've had some students who are like, oh, this is so much work. And I'm like, it literally shouldn't take you more than five to 10 minutes, uh, you know, <laughs> a day to do this. Like, just think about a song and like yeah. put the lyrics in there, you know, take an image and put that into your digital journal. Um, but you touched upon something that, that I don't think I really mentioned, but like self-reflection, right? A journal is about that. So this is an opportunity for them to sort of create their own timeline where they can look back at it and say, wow, like I've started here, but now I've evolved to this point, right? So yeah, there's a lot of beautiful things about it. Definitely. I, I really want to hear also about how you provide an approach for feedback in the course, the critiques. And yeah, d tell me a little bit about your approach to the students obtaining feedback from you and from their peers and how it is that you are able to not only provide this ongoing feedback for them, but what's your process like? First and foremost, when students are critiquing each other, I want it, I want them to understand like, don't just be super nice, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's easy to want to say like, oh, this is beautiful, this is great, like you're amazing. And those things should be said, but 
those aren't always the things that allow us to grow as artists, right? We need to have a little bit more of a push. So you can say like, oh, this is really amazing, but have you thought about doing it differently in this manner, right? The classes I teach are really large. So it's almost impossible to be able to give every single student a critique for every assignment. So what I do is create a group critique. So I'll have, you know, maybe 10 or so students um, per assignment that I'll critique. Um, either live or recorded, depending on schedule and interest in the class. And I will, you know, speak about the work myself. And so one way it's a way for them to have some sort of interaction with me, um, again, whether it's live or recorded, um, but then also sort of doing it by example, right? So if I can show them, like you can talk about something like really positively, but you can also give some constructive criticism, then hopefully they'll be like, okay, yeah. So the next time I do a critique, I'll still be like respectful and nice, but I'll be able to provide them with feedback that's gonna help them grow. So yeah, so those students, they use a program called CritViz to um, critique anywhere between like three to five students per assignment. So they will just, you know, give written responses and stuff like that to the students. And then we also provide the, um, the Zoom feedback as well. And I always, always, always encourage my students to please reach out for Zoom independent sessions, right? If you want additional feedback, or if I can't get to your assignment for that week, you know, like meet with me and I'll be happy to provide you a critique. Most students don't. Okay. <laughs> because I think one, they feel like a burden or two, like maybe their schedule is just busy or, you know, a number of reasons, right? It can right? be a scary thing, I think, you know, receiving yeah. feedback. and <laughs> But that you're providing that opportunity is mm -hmm. massive, I think. Yeah. Um and live opportunity for it. Mm -hmm. That's unique too. You know, I, I feel like that's a pretty unique thing for an online course to yeah. provide the opportunity for that. Um, but what a way to build community. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're giving numerous opportunities for them to hear from one another, connect with one another, share their projects, and just feel like that's just how you do it. Have you found a formula for feedback that you feel is a good sort of middle ground of you know, oh, great job on this. Let's think about this. What's your formula or do you have one? <laughs> I don't think I really have a formula that I've like consciously thought about, uh, but I've definitely, I think it just comes sort of naturally, right? Yeah. And I mean, I have a BFA in photography. I have my master's in photography. Mm -hmm. So I've been through several critiques, some that were really positive and yeah. some that <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get kicked out of school because they hate me and my, they hate my work. <laughs> so, you know, I've had the extreme highs and the extreme lows. <laughs> and so I think just from my own personal experience, understanding what's been helpful for me, right? Having professors who have challenged me, pushed me, but also clearly showed belief in what I was doing. So I try to, you know, reciprocate that for my students as well. You're doing some really awesome things, but let's take it up a notch, right? Because I see the potential in you, I see the possibilities, and you're learning, so you may not see that yet, but let me help you try to get there. Yeah. So. Right. I, in fact, that reminds me of something that Tufan had mentioned to me was that he was working on this particular project within your course mm -hmm. and, you know, going through it. And there was a conversation he had with you. Basically, he felt challenged to take it up a notch, you know, and he realized later, correct me if I'm wrong, um, realized later that, wow, he not only sort of was teaching me these techniques, but he really dug in with like the philosophy as well. I thought, whoa, yeah, that's, that's 
pretty impressive. Well, I mean, these are all great ways to build community. If you were giving guidance to a new instructor mm -hmm. um, on building community, what do you think some of your top advice would be? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, one of the, the top things I would say is to build community, you have to lean into the experience without expectation, to see the student as a sovereign being and not just as a you know, a number in the classroom or, or to see them as a quote unquote student, right? Mm -hmm. My philosophy is first and foremost, they're humans, right? Like these are people that are here to learn something and it's my duty to guide them. So to do that effectively and to build community effectively, you have to build that trust. And I think by breaking down sort of that hierarchical mm -hmm. sense, right, of academia and, you know, I'm the professor, you're the student type of thing, allows that trust to be built in a more genuine way and therefore makes it easier to build community. So that's that would be my advice. That's amazing. <laughs> so, Tuvan, I was curious, what was it about Granville's courses that you know, stood out for you? What was it that made you keep coming back to Granville's courses? So I have taken a lot of art classes and uh, Carol was one of my favorites. His knowledge, his willingness to share his his knowledge with his students, his caring, he's, he's a wonderful teacher and a wonderful person. That's why I kept bothering him if I could take more and more classes. And he was nice enough to let me enroll even though his class was full and I'm just so glad that I had a chance to be in three of his classes. I wish there was more. Awesome. What, was there a particular project or um, you know something that you worked on in his course that really made an impact on you as a student? Uh, yes, because he kept challenging me. He kept making my projects harder, sometimes miserable, but in a good way. <laughs> uh, because every time he challenged me, um, I pushed myself to do better and I learned. And when it did not work out, he was there for me to show what works, what doesn't. And if I improved during my classes, definitely Carol was one of the reasons why. Wonderful. Um, I, it's funny because I remember in one of our uh, discussions when I was your success coach, you were being interviewed from the news um, because of some situations going on with Uber. Tufan was an Uber driver and received tuition at ASU because of that partnership. And I remember you said, I'll interview you as long as I can take your photos for a photography class that I'm in. And I thought that that was such dedication as a student. <laughs> yes, yes, I remember that back then Uber, Hertz and Tesla had recently set up an agreement that Hertz was going to buy a lot of Teslas and they were going to be available for the Uber drivers and a local TV channel were trying to cover it for their uh, evening news. And I've seen this anchor lady and the camera person going and trying to interview all the Uber drivers uh, in the airport's waiting lot, but no one was willing to talk to them. For the next day, I had an assignment and I had to take people's portraits of the people that I don't know, the strangers. And she came to me and asked, I said, sure, I'll talk. Why not? But will you let me take a photograph of yours? Because I still need to do my homework. <laughs> so they asked me questions. I said, sure, this is wonderful. It's environment friendly. I'll give it a try. Why not? 
if it works out, if it's for my advantage, I'll keep renting it, which I ended up renting Teslas. Um, then she let me take a couple of her photographs and it worked out for both. Awesome. Quick little side interjection here. This student mentioned that they were at ASU through the Uber program. Liz, do you know what exactly that is? Yeah. So being having been a success coach, we worked with students in a lot of different capacities, particularly would work with students who were coming from certain scholarship programs. So have you heard of the Starbucks program? I feel like ASU talks about it all the time. Oh, yeah. Definitely seen a lot about that. Yeah, we're very proud of our relationship with Starbucks um, and a part of that relationship with Starbucks. And there's also like it's grown a lot. So we have Starbucks. We also have Uber. We work with the Air Force. So we have a lot of these different kind of scholarship programs that if you're with one of these programs or companies uh, and you meet certain criteria, you get to go to ASU. And with that also comes the benefit of a success coach who's specifically kind of trained in and knows about your specific program. So for the Uber program, again, if you just meet certain criteria um, and you drive with Uber, you get to go to ASU. Like ASU is really good about finding ways to get students into college who and working with them around their needs. And this is just one of those examples. That sounds like such a great opportunity, especially if you're still, you know, one of those students that definitely just wants to also like stay working while you're doing your studies. Maybe you got a lot going on. You might have a family. You might have other things you need to pay for, whatever that may be. So a program like this definitely would help out you know, those specific students. Yeah, absolutely. And what's so cool about these programs is that they work really hard to work closely with the success coaches to ensure that the students are, are not just kind of thrown to the wolves when it comes to attending um, an online college while working you know like you mentioned there's so much that you need to think about in terms of balancing work school and life that having somebody who is there for you to help you manage all of that is so important and it's really cool that uber is so dedicated to working with their students and with asu to provide great opportunities and promote their success in a lot of different ways oh 100 percent. well let's hear a little bit more about it How did the experience and the relationship buildings, it seems like you have a pretty solid relationship with uh, Carol here. How did that relationship help you within your success, both within the classes that you took and with your overall program? Well, the way he designed his classes is very simple. It's already out there. If you go through the syllabus uh, carefully, there is all the information needed for students and what made my relationship with, with him, very easy is his responsiveness. Every time I had a question, I would email him and he would get back to me as soon as possible with all the, with all the answers that I have or if needed, he was always, always there for me. So once you have a professor willing to work with you this way, you do your best. I tried. So that's awesome. It sounds like there was the relationship by him being there, by him being responsive, by creating a really positive community within your course, that that actively made you want to be, made you more motivated, right? Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. And most, most days when I completed and returned my work, I couldn't wait until I get uh, critics from him. And at first, if, if I couldn't make it, if it was a recording, I would sort of fast forward and find my space first, listen to what he got, 
to say about my project and go back, start, restart it and listen the entire class's critics. The critique is a good point. Is one thing I noticed when I was looking at Granville's course was that he provided some unique opportunities for students to receive um, ongoing, what looked to me like to be very effective feedback, um, which I think can be very difficult to do in an online course. So Tuvan, what was your experience with that process? I believe that actually negative critics let me let me improve myself better because if I took a photograph and if I edit it, it looks nice to me. It looks good to me. But if one comes and says, hey, it could be better this way. If you change this, it can be anything. It can be an angle. It can be the exposure. It can be anything you can imagine. And Carol has eyes like a radar. Uh, if there is a line that's not going straight, if, it's, if something is not working out so well, and he's skilled uh, to let the students know in a way that do not uh, demotivate them, starting with the good stuff, encouraging them, but at the same time teaching them to be a better photographer. That's wonderful. It's, it's, like I said, I think that that's a really hard thing because I, I feel like in discussions or however an instructor chooses to provide that feedback, it does take a lot of guidance and time to sort of perfect that with students. Um, like, I think sometimes it can be easy for students to just say, you know, I agree or I disagree, but like providing detailed feedback, I, I feel like it's a skill that the instructor has, I, I feel like to effectively communicate how to do that properly to, you know, get the students moving in a, you know, forward direction. This, this actually, I agree with you, Katrina. It's, it's a very, very hard thing to do. And it's a, it's a very hard skill to gain, to let people know what's not working out at the same time encouraging them i used to manage restaurants and i've had so many bad experiences at first when i was talking to my staff and asking them to do things differently some of them you know i upset them or they did not want to work as much as they did but this is a wonderful skill to have i wish i could learn it from him while i was there what was the most impactful thing that you got from any of the courses uh, that you took from me um wow you taught me a lot i just need to pick a couple of the good ones you are the one to teach me photograph is not what you photograph it's how you present it especially at your last course i learned what you meant by abstraction work you could be taking a photograph of a car but make it look like a monster or anything you can imagine and also i will never forget your quotes in one of your live meetings that you said, I want you to learn all the rules, then I want you to break them all. That's when I started going out of my direction and started trying new things with the camera. Love it. That, that was something that I thought about, or when we met at the lunch for the first time, when I met Granville for the first time, and there were a couple of students there, and I was just sitting back hearing their conversation and how the students were so impacted by your courses. And that was something I heard a lot was, I want you to make mistakes. I want you to take risks, you know, and it was so inspiring. I was like, Granville, have you heard of ASU course stories? Because <laughs> you need to be highlighted, you know, um, just really amazing. So too fun. I am. I work really directly with our success coaches here at ASU. Tell me a little bit about how your experience uh, with your success coach helped you. 
Oh wow, uh, that's a wonderful question. I was hoping you would you would ask this or someone. Would. <laughs> Good. I was reading your mind. <laughs> I feel like I was a lucky student in in Arizona State University because I had a wonderful professor. I had many of them, but Carol is here. He definitely is one of my favorites. But I also had the best best success coach, Katrina. First of all, she taught me how to navigate around the system. Before that, I I felt like I was lost from time to time. I felt much more comfortable after after we had a couple sessions with her. Uh, anytime I had a question about anything you can imagine she was there for me if she didn't have the answer she would have the source and immediately uh, email it to me i knew i could trust her i could depend on her and she was always there somewhere around the second or third year i was going through some very hard time i couldn't find the motivation uh, that i always had to study and do my best so i called her and at that stage she actually handled the situation better than a success coach. She was more like a psych- psychologist. Every time I, after I talked to her, I felt like I could do it and I could do it good. I could do it best. If I could finish a four years degree with a 4.0 GPA in two and a half years, I owe it to Katrina, definitely. I almost cried when she told me she was being promoted and she was not gonna be my success coach anymore. Uh, then after her, I know this was rude, but I did not want any more uh, success coach sessions. I already knew everything. She already taught me everything I knew. And I said, you know what? I'm good. But yes, yes. You are you are sitting next to two of my favorite people in Arizona State University, Carol and Katrina. That's Thank awesome. Thank you, Javon. Yeah, I feel like coaches really form such a close bond with their students, you know, cause you're talking to them every day, you know, every single day, ups and downs. Um, so you just grow really close to them. And the conversation that Tupac was referring to of there, you know, was this time where he was going through a really rough time. That was actually our very first phone call with each other. So it was like this sort of immediate, you know, bond and, need to continue to connect with each other and i was very lucky because he was willing to always answer the phone and um connect with me and take a moment with me and and just stayed in touch and so i'm very fortunate very fortunate well once you have your success coach assigned they never are unassigned (laughs) in this case so uh she will always be your success coach in some form or fashion So now, and you guys all got together because of a lunch. Um, so beyond just being in the class together, him being in your classes, you guys, you organized a lunch. Uh, I'd love to know why did you organize the lunch? And then um, for Tufan, why did you want to go? It's I think it's unique to have uh, faculty from online courses uh, reach out to that and then half the students actually respond and want to show up for that. I can't take all the credit. Um, a lot of, so my, my colleagues, uh, Betsy Schneider, who's the program coordinator, and Ashley Sikowski, who is like her second in command pretty much, we've all been discussing ways to build community um, in our online program, you know, because it's really important for people to come together in some fashion, right? Um, and I think there's a 
common misconception that online programs don't have a sense of community. So as I was teaching the capstone course, a number of my students said that they were going to be visiting Arizona for graduation. So I mentioned this in one of my faculty meetings. And so Betsy, Ashley, and I, we all discussed, um, you know, what's a way that we can sort of bring them together. So that way it's not cutting into their time or money or things of that sort, but also providing this opportunity for the online students coming from other states and possibly even out of the country, and then also our online students who are, um, you know, here in the state of Arizona. So yeah, Tufan and um, a few others had responded to, you know, that they wanted to attend. So I was in charge of organizing the event and trying to find a place that was kind of central to the ASU Tempe area, something that's also affordable because, you know, Life is expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also for newly graduates, it's like spending money is probably not what you really want to do right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so just a way for you know myself and then also my program to try to build this sense of community and also allow the students to be seen, you know, um, which I think is really, really important. Again, especially in an online environment um, where oftentimes they're working very independently um, and they may not feel like they're being acknowledged or seen as much, but, you know, we want to say, We see you guys, we acknowledge you, we want to celebrate you, especially in this time of graduation, and also just to spend time with each other. So, yeah. Very cool. And then so, Tufan, what made you, what I, like, what made you want to come out? What made you want to come to that lunch? I believe actually I was one of the first uh, students to respond. I was was dying to meet them, uh, both Katrina and Carol. It was a great, great chance for me to, you know, meet them in person and... You know, he, he's a wonderful teacher. At the same time, maybe better, he's a great artist. And in my first class with him, I, I went through his website. I figured out he has a book. I wanted to see that book. I ordered one. I also wanted to uh, get it signed by, by him. If he couldn't make it to lunch, even for a minute, I just wanted to see him and uh, have the book signed. Yeah, and the, and the way that I was involved in that when I transitioned from being a success coach to instructional designer associate, I said, Tuhan, stay in touch. Definitely let me know when you're graduating and I'll make every effort possible to come out and see you and, you know, cheer you on. And about a year later, he emailed me and said, it's time. I'm graduating. Got to see you. <laughs> but uh, and he invited me to to Greenville's lunch. So that's how I got roped in there. It was like I said, really neat, not only to meet Tufan in person for the first time, mm-hmm. give him a hug, you know, and but like I said, to hear the conversation going on of their experiences with Granville. It's really cool. Really cool listening to the conversation that you guys were having, what the student was saying, um, just everything that you're doing, because it uh, makes me really excited as somebody in instructional design to hear about how community building matters and mm-hmm. connecting back to the student's personal experience matters and what an impact that has had. I mean, especially hearing the student himself being like, I was really motivated because of how open and honest and available you were. And just hearing you even say like, I want my students to know that they're seen. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's so important. They are not just a number, they're a lot more, which I think is a really interesting 
to segue, I guess, a little bit to success coaching. Katrina, so you were previously a success coach, uh, now turned instructional designer. It seems to be a path. I was also a former success coach. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a couple of former success coaches turned instructional designers. And since we're joined by Nicolette today, like I want to hear more about your guys' experiences, um, both as a, you know, as a success coach, but also from like the leadership perspective, why is success coaching important? Yeah. So I think, you know, even talking about this course experience and how motivating that connection was, that human connection, that human connectedness. I think sometimes we think about motivation being a thing, whether it's, you know, acquiring some object or what have you. But I actually think that something that we see in success coaching is that human connectedness is such a powerful motivator. And it's something that we can't hold in our hand. It really takes really amazing people and really empathetic people uh, to connect to each individual and their human story. We hear from students all the time. Our success coaches work with students from before they even start their first class all the way through to graduation. And we'll sometimes hear, especially when we get around that graduation time frame, that the impact that their coach had on their journey at ASU. And so there's a lot of different roles at the university that have impact on our students, but specifically around success coaches, we'll often hear at the graduation point, I couldn't have done this without my success coach. They were that person in my corner that I always knew I could rely on. We even sometimes hear, sometimes I would see my success coach calling and I wouldn't answer the phone because I, I knew I had to immediately go and start working on my assignments. And so it's pretty incredible the amount of impact that human connectedness plays a role here at ASU, especially for our online student population and how important that human connection is. It's a really incredible role uh, at ASU and it's just really exciting to see the impact that really is a caring human and that's really the the goal of our success coaches at ASU, regardless of what happens for students in their lives and regardless of what obstacles they encounter. We want them to know that we really care about them and we really care about their journey here at ASU and beyond. And so I think that's what's really amazing about the success coach role. Just to interject, can you kind of go a little bit deeper into like what is a success coach? So success coaches really work with students um, from before they even start at ASU. So when they first enroll in their first class, a success coach will start reaching out to a student. The goal is really for us to start building that relationship with our students really early so that they know there's someone here that they can rely on throughout their time at ASU. And so even walking students through what to expect with their first course, how to look through a syllabus and plan out your time through that course, how to access all the resources that are available at ASU. ASU is a huge landscape and there are a ton of different resources and really cool resources that are available for students. Our success coaches are really experts at ASU around the larger sort of landscape of ASU, but also they're really great at helping students set goals and work on time management. When you first start a degree program, your life totally changes. It's like you sort of adopted this baby and your baby is your new degree program and it takes up a lot of your time. And so your life has to change. And so we're really there to help facilitate that change and help students navigate it so that they're really successful and they achieve their goal of graduation. So our mission as success coaches are really to help students achieve that goal of graduation, but also really there to be a partner and make sure that we're working through any obstacles that get in the way 
And also that we're there for the good stuff too, (laughs) that we get to really cheer you on when you set that goal to get an A in that course and you got it. And so we are often sort of the support mechanism that a lot of students may not have. So success coaches are an amazing pairing with our faculty. I think there's such uh, interconnectedness um, that sometimes we aren't, may not always be aware of. And so part of the success coach's role is really, so we always talk about how it's sort of a blend of art and science. And so what does that mean? The art is sort of this emotional intelligence that our coaches have and how they're approaching conversations with students. The science is all of the data that we utilize and leverage in our success coaching process. And so some of that data is actually feedback from faculty. And so sometimes we're reaching out to students based on feedback that's given through their faculty through an academic status report. So anytime that faculty is provided, we are reaching out to students and making sure that they're seeing that feedback. And if it's something they need to work through, that we're there as a support to guide them through that process. So an example, there's a lot of different examples. Some of them might be, I really want you to come and see me during my office hours. Um, or I really want you to come join my Zoom. Or it might even be us just talking to a student about this is their first time in college or their first time approaching faculty and how to have that confidence to really start speaking to faculty. So I have sort of a an example of a student that we listened to on a call, actually. She had originally started with us as a brand new student and had never attended college previously And she was really nervous just to even approach her faculty. Well, she worked with her success coach throughout her time at ASU. And around the time that she was getting ready to graduate, she called her success coach. And she talked about how um, she was applying to grad school and how her faculty had written her letters of recommendation because she had actually done research with faculty. And so this student had this sort of, we talk a lot about the student journey at ASU and that progression and what happens. And so she really had started, you know, as a really brand new student to, she actually completed research, was going on to graduate school, had developed great relationships with her faculty. And that really was supported through the coaching process. And so that's a really important piece. We also sometimes are reaching out to students for a variety of other things that could be, maybe you didn't get that grade that you needed. Maybe you failed the course and we need to chat about what happened. Let's take stock of what happened and let's get a plan moving forward for how we're going to make sure we're successful next time. I think I talk a lot about how success coaches are not the hall monitors of ASU. We're here to really be your partner and be your support through this process, but we also want you to be academically successful. And we have a lot of tools uh, in our bag to help you with that. So I think that's a big piece of it and making sure that you're making that regular progression through to graduation. And before we go, before we like wrap up, wrap up, um, is there anything important about you, your courses, um, your personal artistic life that we want to highlight or share with the listeners of the podcast? I guess first I want to say just thank you to Tufan for being an amazing student. I wish I can clone you and have several of you in my classes. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, I think it's just it's a privilege to be in this position to teach and educate students about art and photography and to give them the skills necessary to, you know, create their own artistic practice, whether that means they want to be a fine artist or they want to go the commercial route, you know, whatever it is that they want to do, but just to give them the skills that's going to help them create a strong foundation. And yeah, I mean, I have some art stuff that's 
going to be happening, but I don't know if it's relevant. I think we're going to put some links to your art. Uh, I did see your book was already sold out, though, so yeah. I guess everyone's unlucky there. But, I mean, anything else you want to highlight? Upcoming projects, um, places where people can find you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, you can find my website at granvillecarroll.com. Uh, that's C-A-R-R-O-L-L. I will be having a group exhibition at the Houston Center for Photography September 21st through November 19th called Dust to Dust. And so it's a really great exhibition centering around 19th century photographic processes um, and thinking about sort of the larger ideas of life and death and, you know, well, dust to dust, right? I will also be sitting on a discussion panel and sharing some work for the SPE South Central and Southeast uh, Regional Conference come October 20th through the 22nd. And that's thinking about photography and new imaginaries. Um, So considering the photographic medium, where it's evolving, and also as a collective source, you know, in our nation, how are we evolving and how does art play into those ideas and conversations? And yeah, and there's always new stuff happening. So find me on Instagram, look at my website. Always happy to talk. What's your Instagram handle? Oh, it's uh, Granville underscore Carol. Very cool. Very cool. (laughs) So uh, Nicolette, before we wrap up today, is there anything else you want to share or highlight from the Success Coach Center? How can people get connected with their success coach and how can faculty best support students um, and coaches getting connected? Absolutely. So I get questions a lot about how, as a faculty member, do I communicate to my student's success coach? Well, the way that you can do that is by submitting your academic status report, or ASR as an acronym that we use for for those at ASU. Success coaches receive all of them, and that actually creates a task for them to begin reaching out to your students. So really important to make sure that you're filling those out. If you're a student, or uh, a parent that's listening, I think don't be afraid to connect with your success coach. We really are here to help support you through your time here. And so certainly not a person to be afraid of at the university. And we really are excited to meet with you and support you along your journey here at ASU. Very cool. And I was going to say, Katrina is no longer a success coach anymore, but uh, your success coaches are very nice people. They're really great. We still have a lot of friends back there who are ready for your calls, ready to help you. Katrina, is there anything else that you want to highlight from your experience as a success coach um, and working with students and faculty to support student success? I think the ultimate thing that I just take away from this is it's just that ongoing theme of, you know, just being there, um, listening, helping to provide a safe space for the students. And, you know, if you can do those things, the students will be very motivated to complete the course and, you know, do what you're you're hoping them to do. Awesome. And so we want to thank Tufan again for joining us in this conversation. Thanks so much. All right. So this is about where we wrap up for this episode, but I first want to reiterate just some of the key knowledge points and perspectives that we learned from this amazing conversation. We heard a lot about the importance of creating a community space, creating clear instructor presence, and the impact that has on student success. We also heard a lot about including student voices and perspectives in the course and how that can support creating an inclusive and authentic community. Yeah, what an incredible conversation. I don't think that we often, especially as people who work on like the design side of things, we don't really get to hear the student perspective about the work we've done. Sometimes we might hear it um, 
kind of trickle in. But um, I feel like very rarely we get the opportunity to kind of interview a student and be like, how did the things that we did with the faculty impact your like learning experience, your educational journey. So it was really cool to hear, you know, from, you know, from the student's mouth that how exactly what we do impacts them. But I think, you know, as an instructional designer, you can only do so much to like kind of pre-build in community. Um, There's a lot that you can do, as we kind of heard from Granville, like there were very specific things that he did to ensure that there was space for that going into the course. But he did so much work, like, as the instructor, as the course was going to really draw out that community and build true, authentic relationships. So I think that that is just so cool. That journaling activity that he mentioned that he has his students do, I think, almost every single day. I think something like that, as simple as it might seem or sound, is something that also just really helps foster that, um, like, student community. Just writing down your thoughts for the day as a student, maybe just where you are in your life or in that course, is just, you know, just another connection point that you could have with your faculty and or other students. Yeah, and I think, like, that journal entry um, activity that students were doing, like, that is one of those examples of how planning for community really helped encourage more open conversations for faculty and students throughout the course. And it also really helps you have like a really engaged, excited professor like Granville who wants to be engaged with their students. And I think it's really easy with online courses to let it run kind of asynchronously and let it do its own thing. But having those dedicated touch points where you're connecting with your students on a very meaningful level clearly had a huge impact on this student and his success. And I think it really highlights um, that, you know, faculty need to be there and need to be engaged to really pull out the best of their students, even in online courses. I think it's really easy for the faculty to feel like they just blend into the background of Canvas, but there's a lot of ways that they can be present and be involved. And I think it also really shows like how being engaged support student success. And I think we see that really emphasized in the um, Pearl to Equity rubric, standards that we've included for our own course design, but maybe we don't spend as much time pushing that as we should. And Liz, can you actually tell me a little bit more about that Pearl to Equity rubric? Yeah, as um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard us talk about, like, quality matters before um, on this podcast um, and other places at ASU. They're one of the big rubrics for online design and education. Peralta is very similar. So the Peralta Equity Rubric is another research-based course design and redesign evaluation instrument to help teachers make online course experiences more equitable for all students which I think for especially online, especially after talking to a student like Tufan, it's really clear how important that is. Like the criteria includes addressing um, student needs um, to access to technology, different types of support, both academic and non-academic, which I think really kind of loops back into how important success coaches and engaged faculty are. But it's also about a commitment to inclusion, addressing common forms of bias helping students make connections between course topics and their lives and with other students. And then, of course, following our universal um, design principles for learning. That sounds amazing and extremely helpful, I'd imagine, for any course development. Uh, I just want to reiterate a point you made about how important it is for faculty, even success coaches, to just be really engaged and present with their students. Like, I could just tell from, you know, Tuvan's passion about his experience with Granville, even Katrina, how much like 
just that experience touched him on like a personal level, helped him through even some hard times in his life. It's so important and you can definitely see when like the passion from an instructor or success coach sort of comes through the course and like the learning materials and really just affects the students in a positive way. Yeah, and it's just so cool that there was this beautiful kind of like moment where our faculty kind of reaches beyond the computer screen and invites students to just come hang out, kind of cross that like fourth wall, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then that Katrina got to be included in that and just kind of a like a powerhouse of people that joined us today who are really dedicated to student success and building positive relationships and experiences so what a cool what a cool conversation to get to be a part of today it was really cool and thank you again to everybody that did come out and speak with us granville nicolette katrina tufan it was really wonderful getting to speak to all of them and hear their perspectives and what they kind of put into this course development just for student engagement. It really was fascinating to hear about everyone's different perspectives with this course experience and how we were able to see the huge impact of community building on not just the student, but faculty and success coach as well. Uh, we do want to sneak in some plugs for Granville Carroll. You can visit their website at granvillecarroll.com um, or his Instagram at granville underscore carol he also has an amazing book out called dark matter which might be sold out still but if you wanted to check it out um, you can check that out through the link in our show notes yeah and if you want to learn more about if you're a student or a future student or parent or somebody related to somebody who's going to asu uh, your student can always reach out to their success coach um, by checking out their my asu finding out who their success coach is Currently only available for online students, but maybe in the future a lot of, that'll expand since it's been so successful. Um, it sounds like Too Fun doesn't have any big art projects or art books out yet, but we're going to keep an eye on the horizon because it sounds like he's doing some amazing work thanks to his course with Granville. Absolutely. We'll be excited to see that. Yeah, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Course Stories is available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can reach us at coursestories at asu.edu. Course Stories is produced by the Instructional Design and New Media team at EdPlus at Arizona State University. If you're an instructor at ASU Online, tell us your course story and we may feature it in a future episode. Thanks for listening.